And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation that I'm hoping helps your business grow. Speaking of conversations, at some point as a business owner, you're probably best served to have a conversation with everyone from future employees, investors, but how about your clients, customers, users, whatever it is that it, that you sell and whoever buys from you has feedback about what you do if you are able to accept honest feedback and do something with it, then you will possibly be winning with honest feedback. That's what we're going to talk about and more on today's episode of Startup Hustle, which is powered by Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult and Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably and has the platform to help you manage that team. You go to Fullscale.io to learn more. There's a link for that in the show notes. If you're not aware, that's my company. We love talking to Startup Hustle listeners. So go to the site. It takes like two minutes to fill out a form and see if we can help you out. At worst case scenario, maybe we'll give you some good advice. With me today, I've got John Lee. And John is the co-founder at PickFu. And you can go to PickFu.com. That's like P-I-C-K-F-U.com. There's a link for that in the show notes. Straight out of the Bay Area. John, welcome to Startup Hustle. Thank you for having me on, Matt. Super excited to chat with you. Yeah, and I will accept your honest feedback uh, throughout the day today, if given. But with that, I would like to hear more about your backstory so we can get this conversation on the road. Sure. So my back, uh, my background's in software engineering. Uh, my co-founder and I uh, founded PicFu as a side business, as a tool for ourselves when we were building another business a long time ago. One of the problems that we had when we were both... Um, entrepreneurs and working on that other business was, was that it was just the two of us. And we were always, we're both software engineers and product people. So we're always debating about um, design, something we literally knew nothing about, right? Um, what color to use, what header, what font, how, what what the web page design should be. And so it was just him and like him, Justin and myself, and we we're just be debating, like people don't know it too. People don't know anything about design this color, that's color, whatever, we would ask our friends and family for feedback. And at some point, every entrepreneur knows that, you know, your friends and family are going to get tired of giving you feedback and you know that they're not biased. So, and we heard that, oh, well, you know, you should go and bring your designs to a coffee shop to ask people, you know, to get unbiased feedback. And that was fine, but we were two introverted uh, engineers and, you know, we didn't like, want to talk to strangers. So instead, what do we do? We built a tool to get unbiased feedback from randos on the internet. And that's what PicFu was. That's how it started off. Um, barely did anything with it. It kept it as on the side and it just started growing organically. And as, you know, as those fun stories go, eventually the side project became the main project. And so a couple of years ago, as we saw it growing in a whole bunch of different industries, we turned our attention to it and have been scaling it ever since. Uh, is the first business that this spun out of still around? Uh, it's basically on life support. Not really. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's, isn't it weird how that yeah. works sometimes? You know, it's, yeah. I, I've talked to 
you know, over the years, you know, we're, I've been doing this podcast for almost six years now and, you know, 1200 plus episodes deep into it. And, um, there's been a lot of stories of the, the spinoff or the pivot okay. and stuff like that. So congrats on finding the one that worked. Now, you know, if you go to pickfood.com and I reckon get, scroll down to that link and click it folks, cause there's some interesting info in here that will kind of help you. And, and I really love what you're doing, John, cause, um, first off, let me back up friends and family, in my opinion, are sometimes the worst people to get your feedback from. For sure. I mean, cause they're, I mean, well, my parents were a little more poignant with their feedback, but most of the time your mom's not going to tell you that, that you're, that it looks terrible. And then if the people you're getting feedback from are nowhere adjacent to your potential users or buyers in the future, then it's not really the greatest feedback. Like sure. you asking your 87 year old grandmother about to review your code um, <laughs> as a software developer. So oh, it looks beautiful, John, you know, yeah, it's exactly. like, but, but that's not really like, yeah. So you, you getting, but getting feedback and honest feedback from people is difficult. And if you're just doing it through like reviews <laughs> on Amazon or something like that, I mean, for me as a buyer, I always question the legitimacy of some stuff. I know Amazon's had to go through a big dog and pony show to clean yep. that up. But uh, when you look at as someone who's in the business of unlocking insights and, and finding out information, how do you know when like feedback's valid? I think, well, you got to look at who the person is, right? And so um, you're, you're totally right about, especially especially things where, um, like online on Amazon reviews and so on, where there's an incentive for the seller to have the most positive reviews, you got to look at the incentive system there and understand whether or not like that might affect what it is that you're reading. So what we're trying to do at PicFu is uh, we, we do a couple of things. One, our incentive system is really simple and straightforward. Um, you ask, you ask a poll in our platform, we pay our panelists a small stipend to answer and Every um, as a customer, you can upvote or downvote all the quali all the answers, all the written responses. And because all our panelists provide written responses, we have human and machine models that can read those responses and do analysis on making sure that they are legitimate, they are paying attention to your stuff, and every single one of those panelists signs an NDA before they even start looking at anything that you're pulling on the platform. Well vetted, well well vetted feedback. Well vetted Diverse. feedback. Yes. Well well vetted, unbiased feedback. Um, the other thing that can help you there is that we do allow targeting, so you can target ninety different ways of, you know, like you said about your eighty-seven year old grandma. If you're selling a pet product, or if you're selling like an info course to uh, to like let's say females of a certain uh, age range and income range you can absolutely target your target audience on PicFu. So you know that you're only getting feedback from the most relevant people that are relevant to you. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's the key. Like you said, yeah. like, who's the feedback coming from? And then I think one of the things that, that I, I've always advised people when it comes to feedback, you know, entrepreneurs, we have this, um, this habit of chasing too many shiny things. And the feedback can do that. Just because someone gives you feedback doesn't necessarily mean that you need to drop everything you're doing and fix something else. Now, for me, one of the one of the signs that you should be paying attention is when the feedback begins to get echoey. 
you know, like you just hear the same things over and over. And a lot of you that are listening before you ha- even started your business, if you went out and tried to do general fundraising and get an investment from people, you definitely heard an echo yes. somewhere along the way. Now, is it right? No, but it, not always. But a lot of times it is because a lot of people are noticing the exact same thing, whatever. It could be like, hey, your pages load slow or, hey, I'm confused yep. about this or, hey, I didn't find this useful. But when enough people, I mean, that's the whole the whole idea of like what you're doing is can, can we get enough consensus and enough input in a way that lets us really spot, okay, there's a lot of people that are having an issue here. Exactly. And it's, it's that wisdom of the crowds that we're trying to bring uh, and, and let, let our uh, users tap into, right? I mean, there's that, uh, I think there's that famous story about, well, you know, like there was a county fair and everyone was asked to guess like the weight of the cow or something, right? And, and individually, no one won. But if you took the average of all the different guesses, they were like within 5%. And that's because when you have a, when you have a bunch of qualified people or relevant people and you get enough in, uh, opinions from them, like you said, you hear the you hear the echoes of the relevant feedback. So, the, how do you how do you get your users that are administering the poll or that want the feedback to actually view it in a way that like people suck at taking feedback, man? Like, I mean, I've been a coach, a mentor, uh, an investor, a, a development partner, yeah. an employer for I mean, at this point, hundreds and hundreds of people, and. Um, you know, I think I've learned is that feedback, uh, is not always taken well by some people. Some people take it as like strong criticism. They just take it personally. Um, which is why there's a, a few mad people that are mad at me out there in the yeah. world because they've asked me for feedback. Well, by the way, when people do that now, I tell them, I like actually have a disclaimer. I'm I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. I will give you the feedback. And then with that, if you disagree with me, I'm not going to spend any time arguing with you about whether I'm right and you're wrong or the other way around. I think a couple of points there. That's, that's really, that's a really interesting and kind of pretty, pretty funny point you made. Um, I think feedback is often hard to take when it's one-on-one and face-to-face because there's, there's the actual individuals involved right? Like you're like, I'm talking to Matt and Matt is giving me feedback and that is very direct and personal and I can see you and you can see me. And so there's all these other elements at play there. Um, I think part of the benefit of getting feedback from randos on the internet, you know, like validated randos on the internet is that there sort of is this wall of, well, you don't know who they are. So you know, at least that they're unbiased and what uh, the feedback that they're giving, the fact that there's you know, 50 or hundred or like 500 people giving you feedback, like, you know, that any, you might be offended by a single piece of feedback there, but if you're reading 500 pieces of feedback and you're hearing the same echoes over and over again, I would hope that that message gets into your head. The other, the other flip side of this is that anyone who's using PicFu hopefully is self-aware enough to know that they can't just trust their gut on those decisions and that they're more open-minded to realize that if I get this feedback, like there's probably a nugget of truth or a nugget of insight in there that I can benefit from. So hopefully they're coming at it from sort of a more open-minded perspective. Before we hit record, you mentioned having met my co-host, Andrew Morgans at some different events related to Amazon. Are the majority of your users Amazon sellers or is there like a, is there, is there a, a genre industry or type of user that you seem to attract more than others? So 
PicFu is fantastic for any business that uh, whose customers are consumers because we're able to tap into a pool of um, at this point over 15 million worldwide to get to offer feedback. Um, it works particularly well for um, for entrepreneurs on marketplaces, of which Amazon is like some some would say the, the perfect, marketplace, the perfect marketplace, right? Like, and by the way, folks, Amazon is a marketplace. Like, yes. they don't uh, they own very very little of that of that inventory and products. And if they did, they bought it because they saw it was performing really well, and they could maybe make a couple extra bucks on it. But that is a marketplace through and through, just like eBay without the bids. Yeah, it's it's like a perfect marketplace. And I think this, the most recent stat was something like 90% of Amazon's revenue on, on Amazon.com was from third-party sellers, right? Who yep. are participating, yes. setting up storefronts on the Amazon marketplace, selling their products and someone else's products. So if you're a seller on Amazon and it's, it's a competitive marketplace, then getting these, getting the, these insights from real consumers can absolutely improve your click-through rate on the marketplace, which then drives the algorithmic rankings of your products. So when someone's searching on Amazon for, let's say, dog hair clippers, your image, which you've optimized on PicFu, is now going to rank, click, get more clicks than your competitors, which is going to put you higher, which then increases your sales. So roundabout <laughs> way of answering, we do have a lot of Amazon sellers who are uh, who do use PicFu, but we also we also have a lot of customers who are in other industries like gaming. Uh, self-publishing, if you're writing a book and you need to, you know, um, they say not to judge a book by its cover, but like everyone judges a book by its cover, you know? My books have great covers and then they're just terrible afterwards. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, you're just trying to compel the purchase, right? I'm sure that's not the case there, but um, but we, yeah. It, we're, it depends on who you ask. <laughs> who you're getting feedback from, I guess. Yeah, you, you know, I'm glad you brought up the search engine stuff because, you know, Amazon, in my opinion, might be the most valuable search engine because people are truly there with the intent of purchasing. Absolutely. And, you know, at Google, and, and when you Google something, you're trying, you're in those earlier stages of that um, where in, in Amazon, it's pretty direct. And that is a search engine. It does have, I believe they use like the A4 or something like that. They A9, call it algorithm yeah. that, yeah. Uh, and you know, it's, it's, it's real. I mean, that's where people are buying stuff and, and whether you, you know, I've had, God, I've had conversations all over the place. Some, some sellers love in Amazon. Some people don't, whatever it is. The fact is it is a whopper. It is a huge, 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 huge place to sell stuff. And you can't ignore the factors that make your stuff sell better or faster. It's so. crazy. Yeah, we talk to a lot of uh, DTC companies too, the ones that have their own stores, have their own Shopify stores and so it's on. It's direct to consumer. Folks. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry for jumping into jargon. Oh, you're good, yeah. you're good. Yeah, um, but even if, you're, even if they have their own Shopify storefronts, um, they'll say, okay, well, we don't really want to touch the whole Amazon thing. But once they do, once they get on Amazon, it's like, oh, well, my, my direct-to-consumer shop gets this much traffic. And once I tapped into Amazon, the pie is you know, a billion times larger. So even if it's a little piece of that pie, they're getting so much more revenue on Amazon than off Amazon. 
Um, people, yeah. people, sellers initially don't like paying that fee because Amazon's going to pull like 30% of oh, the yeah. sale, yeah. but, but they do a lot of work for you as well. Like the fulfillment side of things, not to mention like, you know, marketplaces are, I, I have this fascination with marketplaces and I've talked to, oh my God, I've had this conversation like a thousand times at this point. Mm-hmm. Marketplaces as a new entrepreneur are very difficult, especially if you're trying to build one because yes. getting an appropriate oh. amount of buyers and sellers in the same location, whether it's physical or virtual, is difficult. And, you know, and so there's something to be said about the value of the population of, of the buying people yes. and where they are. And, you know, Amazon's got that and that that is what it is. That's what you're paying for. And not to mention the ease of use of the customer service side of things that can go with it. And that's important too. Like if you want to run your own you want to, so you mentioned like books. So I've written three books. They've all been number one on Amazon at some point. And that means like a couple of weeks of really robust sales. And then you sell like one a day. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is at one point I had, I had a Shopify site and I just didn't sell enough to like, it was more, it just felt like more of a distraction. Like, yeah. and sure I made $4 more per book. So I made four dollars more per day, and it just didn't add up to like do my own yeah. stuff. So yeah, and the and the the book feedback's interesting too because there are sites and things and that do just that, but they're I don't know they're a little odd. Like and in twenty twenty three and beyond, I don't necessarily need feedback about gr- the the grammar syntax on page seventy nine. Oh no, not at all. That I mean, book's that- written, John. It's out. Like, I'm not going to go back and edit yeah, it exactly. no matter how much someone wants a comma or God forbid you use an Oxford comma. <laughs> the, so. uh, it's funny. I mean, the the publishing space was actually one of the first uh, spaces that discovered PicFu, like that discovered PicFu, um, especially among self-publishing authors who didn't yeah. have um, a lot of resources. Like, you know, they found it, like PicFu was super affordable and fast, a quick way to get that feedback. Um, over an um, over 1 million new books come out every year. It's probably more like 1.4 on top of crazy. the entire history of literature. Yeah. And like, think about, okay. So you, they teach us as entrepreneurs to do something to differentiate. How, how like, on that one? I mean, that's tough. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, yeah, that's a massive amount of inventory. And most people don't know this. When you buy a book on Amazon, like a paperback or whatever, they usually print that copy when you order it. Yeah, like on that's demand. That's how right? efficient they are at doing that. It's wild to think that you can just print a one-off and ship it off and still get it there two days later. Yeah, their their economies of scale are amazing. Could have, should have, would have. Man, yeah. I'll tell you what, that's <laughs> a lot going on. All right, so once again, with me today, I've got John Lee, the co-founder of PicFu software development user research company out of San Francisco, California. Now, you know, speaking of the Bay Area, there's a lot of developers out there, but if you're not in the Bay Area, maybe if you are, finding expert software developers does not have to be difficult, especially when you go to fullscale.io, where you can build a software team quickly and affordably, use Fullscale's platform to define your technical needs, and then see what available developers, testers, and leaders are ready to join your team. Go to fullscale.io to learn more. Click some click some links in the show notes, people. And while you're at it, you know, go check out. Uh, we've been publishing clips of the podcast on our social media stuff. It only took us about 
three years to get up to speed. <laughs> but I think most people's podcast seems more like a video interview these days, you know, by the looks of shorts, reels, whatever, yeah. TikToks and all that. So we're out there, people. We're out there. If you're wondering how ugly I am in real life, that's a good way to find out. So, okay. So, you know, let's, I got a couple tips here from my friend named chat GPT nice. about taking feedback, winning feedback and, you know, staying calm and open-minded, listening carefully, separating yourself from the feedback yeah. that might be out of those is a key a one right there. Yes. Yes. It's not directed at you. It's about your products or your it's service. It's absolutely about your products. Yeah. Yeah. It's not... Yeah, if you're in, yeah, you just got to remember when you're when you're getting this feedback, like it's absolutely not about you. Don't take it personally, right? Like, no. Well, it might be if your service is you. If you ha- if you are like a very specific, like if the Matt DeCourcy School of Coaching X Y Z was what was being reviewed, then sure it might be. But that most people, that's not the situation, right? Or or if for the small percentage of people on Pickfu who've used it to test their profile photos or online dating profile photos, then it might be a little personal. Would you swipe right? Yeah, no, at, we we have seen. <laughs> really yeah, happens. We have seen um, some interesting personal polls. And honestly, kudos to those users for putting themselves up there and trying it out because the, the panelists that we tap into are brutally honest. That is great when you are testing like, you know, product packaging, your website, your logo, you want that brutal feedback. If you're putting a picture of yourself up there, you've got to have some thick skin. It reminds me of like the hot or not. Yes. Days yes. like back when people still often had dial up internet. Yeah. That's how, how uh, old that is. Yeah. Um, you know, the next on this list is one that I, 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 okay. So I am the person that will send a founder, a business owner, honest feedback. I will go out of my way. I will take oh. time out of my really busy schedule to sometimes tell maybe someone I don't even know that well, if at all, to give them honest feedback about their business, because I've had people do that for me and I always express gratitude. Yeah. Whether they're, and then guess what? When that occurs, they are usually telling you something that you need to hear. You as a business owner may not have been aware of. And then the main part is back to that. You know, they don't have to take time to do that. Yeah. So like that, you know, ha- have gratitude and, and people can focus. I, I think one thing this podcast has taught me, John, is like I look at, you know, 5 million downloads and people from 194 countries have listened to this show. And I have a lot of gratitude for that because you can focus your time on an infinite number of things as a Literally. human. If people are taking time to give you feedback or pay attention to anything you're doing, yeah. You should have gratitude, not the other way around. I know, I know some people that are influencers or content creators that uh, they don't feel that way and often get forced into a position of learning what gratitude really means. Yeah. So it can happen too. But yeah, um, have you, you have to have a funny story about some, the opposite of that somewhere, somehow. Um, the opposite of gratitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We like a good train wreck story. How much time do we have? Of uh, I mean, we may have to extend if the stories are that. I, I will say this is um, I know there's a couple that have to stand out that for whatever reason. Running, entertain uh, us for a moment, John. Running so so running this 
this business where the the job of the product is providing unbiased feedback. Like we definitely see our share of users who come in not with an open mind and not with uh, with a feeling, you know, with a heart full of gratitude. Let's say, and so we we get countless. Um, we, we get a lot of feedback from our users like, hey, I disagree with what these people are saying. And, uh, oh, I want my money back or I want what, you know, like, like they, they, uh, they just don't get it, right? These, these hundred random people that, um, that just gave me feedback in, in an hour or whatever, like they don't get what I'm trying to communicate here. And so, you know, I want my money back because I'm, I'm dissatisfied. Now, the whole point of the product and the service is to get you that unbiased feedback that you probably should hear. Um, the one that stands out the most was in the early days. It was, it was a guy who came in and he ran one poll, um, was, got his 50 responses in, you know, like high, high quality unbiased feedback in like 15 minutes or whatever. He went and wrote a, Lord, it was, it was probably a five page single, like single space, you know, in the days where you like double space to fill single space, double space. Cause it made my, it made my papers. I turned in at school seem longer. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He single spaced this thing and it was like four or five pages of just a rant about it's a manifesto. At that it was a manifesto yeah. to me, to the product, you know, to my co-founder, like just everything. I'm like, you can't even, you've barely spent that much time or money using this product. It, like, wait, it was your platform's story? fault that he didn't get the feedback he, he liked? Yeah, no, he did not agree with the feedback that oh, he, he just didn't Oh, yeah, it must be the software's it. fault. Uh, yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. It's the software's fault. It can't be the people's fault and it couldn't be his fault. So it was, um, as, a, as an early, er, it was in our early days. And I think, you know, as founders, like you take, uh, and as, as I'm sure you know, like you take every piece of feedback pretty personally, like even though you're not supposed to. No one to. likes to hear bad shit about themselves. Yeah, right? exactly. I, mean, like, I don't think anyone the- wakes up and is like, I mean, well, there's probably a very small number of people that have some weird like fetish about that. But yeah, but, but overall, I don't think anyone wakes you, up and me. wants to right. hear all the terrible stuff that people want to say to and about them. Yeah, exactly. And and like that email is directed at at me and my co-founder. And so, you know, we, we took it personally. I... I responded. It was <laughs> probably shouldn't. No, but I, I tried to be as professional as possible, but I definitely wanted to address some of the things. It ended there. It was fine. But yeah. it was it was I, I still need to I, I sent a few of those emails email. myself. Yeah. So but, it's more it's more for me than it is for them. It's their it's therapy. On that one. Yeah, yeah. it can be. You know. Yeah. All right. So you know, a couple of things, and I, you know, this was our, our amazing production team here at Startup Hustle. Get, it came up with a list of some of the things, and this is probably off your site or somewhere adjacent to it. Ooh, but I, right. I think let's throw some of these out because I think that these are good things. Like try pick food. Uh, uh, okay, I love this one. Getting feedback on your business name before you go to market. Oh yeah, we pick food. The name uh, pick food. Yeah, uh, yeah, we pick. Uh, we have a lot of uh, we have a lot of entrepreneurs using pick food to test names. Right, yeah. you come up with uh, eight different names, you put it up in front of the crowd, you get feedback from it, you understand how people interpret it and not. We we pick food. The name pick food. We had a list of about thirty different names. Uh, we wanted um, short two syllables. Dot com was available. All that stuff whittled it down, and then we threw it up on pick food. Read all the comments. 
Yep. I got a whole chapter or not chapter. I got a whole section about that in my book, million dollar bedroom, because there's, I mean, people make some really egregious errors and there's even a, I, I had to come up with an example that wasn't too specific, but, um, I, I came up with the fictional business compass wholesalers, which spells nice nice. a hole. Yep. The middle of it. And so, you know, you see, I'll tell you what, some of the most, popular posts and reels on the internet are people that haven't thought about their business name before they have a sign in front of their business. And there were, yeah, I mean, just some of that is like, there's some funny stuff out there. The, um, back in my days as a software developer, uh, you know, there's a popular site called Stack Overflow, which developers use, um, before Stack Overflow, there was this, the site that was popular for developers before Stack Overflow. Overflow was called Experts Exchange. And so similar, um, yeah, you can, so it, it's an expert sex change, right? Um, <laughs> on, on, on the domain. I'm sitting there trying to do the math on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, ah. Uh, yeah. yeah. But, so yeah, there were some other things I mentioned, like not, like no one wants a hyphen in your web domain. No, you, no. Like, there are things that you sentence yourself to having, oh, it's like, it's the same thing with like using like uh, either the spelling or a number. Yeah. Well, you have to be like, you know, if it was like, hey, and you got to type in the number nine. Yeah, exactly. Or, and I hear radio ads back when there was radio. I remember people like, and type in the number nine.com. <laughs> yeah. like, Dude, that's not the right way to do it. You're adding friction on your business at every step. Yeah. And then yeah. I think we're in, you know, that uh, it's always best to have a dot com. I do think we have progressed in a way that I think when people see a bunch something scrunched together with a dot and then whatever you come after it, people are start, finally figuring that out. But yeah. there was, I mean, suffixes in a wide variety have been around for a long time, but sometimes people just don't seem to get them. Totally. Another one on this list that I really, uh, I really dig is a review of your logo. Yep. You know, like just Mm -hmm. getting some feedback on it. I think that um, here's the thing. If you're a brand new business, your logo and the impression of it has no brand value at all. It should be a strong indicator of what you do and how you do it in some regards. So like that. For sure. You know, and sometimes just keep it simple. Like the full scale logo is the word full scale. Nice. I mean, I think one, one thing that we'd like to tell entrepreneurs and anyone is that you should, you should test early right? Like oh, yeah. these things that you're talking about, your, um, your business name, test it your, in the ideation stage yes, of your business. Test yes. in the ideation stage. And like, you can use tools like PickFu as a sandbox for your ideas, right? Like, cause once you launch with that, you can't take that back Oh yeah, or it's, or it's a pain to take it back. Yeah. The funny story you talk about web domains, cause I'm the founder of gigabook.com. You used it to book a sh- uh, this, this recording session. Yeah. Um, so I bought gigabook.com for $500 in an auction. I was like, this is a great name. It's short. So one of my rules too, is like your name should be able to fit in a Twitter handle, uh-huh. you know, and, and some of that. And, and like, so here I, I but everyone kept referring they're like, I went to gigabooks.com <laughs> and which I didn't own and someone else did. And I was really excited to have bought gigabook.com for $500 and then, um, and then I had to go spend $3,000 to buy gigabooks.com yeah. and just forward it back to gigabook.com. So yep. uh, very interesting, that, but that's back to the name. Like, yeah, you know, absolutely. like I said, like, I mean, people I know, like it wasn't gigabooks. Right. Uh, yeah. So there's, you know, yeah, definitely 
a lot to be said there. Um, other things are in there like testing your ad copy, improving mm-hmm. your website layout or your mobile UI. I like that a lot because where are you? Where is this confusing? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> we have this thing. Uh, we definitely recommend like you can you can have the panelists go to your website, review it, bring up questions uh, about your website or what's confusing. Um, a lot of Amazon sellers do that where they'll send them to the listing and try to review it and bring up questions about what, like bring up the questions that haven't been answered, right? Yeah. Because those are the questions that your consumers or your users are mm-hmm. going to have. Uh, one other thing we launched recently was actually screen recordings. And so that's really good for websites, right? It's kind of like the old user testing where you can have someone come in, look at your website, actually listen to them talk about it as they're, as they're taking a look at your site, like super valuable. Well, and with there, you're also validating product ideas and designs before going into production. There are things that people will will point out. I just went through this. I've been uh, building. Uh, there's. Uh, I'm having a flagstone patio and fire uh-huh. pit installed at my rural property, and there's a big playground next to it and a barn. And with that, there was going to be a large, a large berm that was covered in stone. Now, yeah. um, when we we came up with an initial like concept for that. And then we kind of drew it out and we realized it was very phallic um, in the way that it, and so I was like, if we fly a drone over this, we're going to look like we built a giant you're, stone. You know what? You're going to show up on TikTok. Or, no, you know? no, we were smart enough to avoid that. Yeah. I do have a little drone and I was like, I'm not going to be able to fly this. So like, it was kind of funny, but yeah. So these are the things that sometimes people will point out and, yeah. There's a whole world of products, businesses, everything that didn't get tested property properly, and they learn this stuff the hard way yeah. after. And it's a painful thing, man. These are these are things that, like you mentioned, like launching or going out and doing certain stuff, like having to completely rebrand any any business, whether it's brand new or anything, is as difficult. It gets progressively harder at the longer the business has been around. Exactly. You know, is it yeah. Twitter or X now? Is it just X? I, I don't even know. And I think you're supposed to call them posts now because you can't call them tweets anymore or something. It's I don't a little ridiculous. It. It's, well, it's like Facebook. I, I don't. I still call it Facebook. Oh yeah, is, is it Meta. Is it? Is it? Is it isn't that, is that? That's the company. I think Meta is the co- like the umbrella company, and I still go to Facebook.com. Yeah, which it's still called that. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so it says here that you guys have over 110,000 polls. Um, is that the number of user polls or are those like templates or? Oh, no. Yeah. So those are user, those are actual polls run by users. I think it's definitely much higher than that now. We have a whole bunch of templates. Um, so um, you can ask, you can go in on PicFu and create a free account and ask any question you want. Uh, it can all be customizable. So you, it's just asking a question, putting in your options and choosing your audience. Um, but over the years, We've seen certain use cases come up over and over again. Like if you're um, if you're split testing your logos or wanting to get an like getting a website review or something. So we actually made pre-configured templates for all of these really common use cases. And so we have these te- we have these templates for all for all different industries. So if you're an entrepreneur, you have your website. If you're selling something, if you're banking a game, all of that stuff. So we have these pretty easy to use templates for almost anyone. What about insights? So feedback, data analysis, any of that stuff is really only valuable if it can become actionable. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the problem with a lot of data analysis. You go back and figure out why everything fell apart, but you didn't do it fast enough to prevent things from falling apart. 
Yeah. Um, like how do I take the feedback that I get at PickFu or just in life and turn that into an action plan? So yeah, there's, there's a lot of things that technology can help with, but there it's, it's a little harder because you, you need to be action oriented to begin with. Right. Like I think, um, one of the things that we have tried to do recently is we actually, uh, we actually added AI to help organize some of those responses. So, uh, if you're asking, like getting feedback from a hundred different people, that's, that takes a while to read through, especially if that yeah. feedback is sort of long and brutal. Um, but you know, we've used your friend ChatGPT to, uh, help read through all the responses, organize it into like a nice executive summary and even make suggestions on how to improve things. Um, the thing that, uh, was really easy, like customers have really liked is actually being able to chat with that data as well. So we've added that option, that functionality. Um, but honestly, it's really, it's kind of like those grumpy users that we've talked about earlier. Like if you don't, if you're not willing to change, then it's going to be really hard for you to take any action, right? Like step one is getting the feedback, but, <clears throat> but step zero is actually being willing to admit that a change is necessary. And that you're uh, going to I wrote be- a book about it, dude. My first book, <laughs> Balance Me, is all about that. And literally right there in the intro, it says, if you're not willing to admit that you might be your own biggest problem, I'm not sure this book's going to help you. Absolutely. Just go put it back. Yeah. You, know, you probably won't like it because um, the it, it, inherently people don't like change. And change is uh, hard. it's difficult you to know? maintain and implement and, and be successful with over time. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, tool, tools like this are just a way to help you get to the change that most of the time you already, you know, you might already realize that you need, right. But you just need a second opinion or a third opinion or like a 50th or something. So what's the biggest problem you're trying to solve right now in the business and in general as an entrepreneur still related to pick food? Um, I mean, I think distribution and awareness is always one of the biggest things for startups. And so, uh, that's really the main thing we, uh, we are fortunate to get a lot of users from a bunch of different industries. So we see a lot of different use cases. I think educating our users on how to different, how to solve, how this product can help solve their problems is always something that we can be better at. Um, so those are the things that we're always working on. I think one of the things that a lot of tech companies can do better at is hiring software engineers, testers, and leaders. And with that, full scale can help. We have the people on the platform to help you build and manage a team of experts. And when you visit fullscale.io, all you need to do is answer a few questions and then let our platform match you up with fully vetted, highly experienced software engineers, testers, and leaders. At Fullscale, we specialize in building long-term teams that work only for you. Learn more at fullscale.io. While you're down there, clicking that link in the show notes. Make sure you click the link for PickFoo. Get some feedback about what you're building. Now, with that, it's time for the Founders Freestyle. It's how I like to end my shows when I talk to any founder. Congratulations on your pivots and your successes. And making it through uh, 38 minutes of this show with you, John. Now with <laughs> that, it's, it's, yeah, with that, it's time, it's time to, to begin to say goodbye. What would you, what would you like to use your freestyle for today? I mean, I think the, the main thing that I feel most entrepreneurs aren't doing and don't realize is that, um, they really should test before they invest. Um, that's a, that's a saying we have in the company. Like we talked to other entrepreneurs about it, like with the tools that are out there today, there's a lot of hypotheticals that you can test. The more you test and the more feedback you get, you are 
you are not guaranteeing success, but you are reducing your chances of failure, right? And, and so you, if you want to improve your chances of a better outcome, and you should definitely test before you invest, before you invest your money, your time, uh, all, like you said about your branding, your logo, all this stuff that's going to take, if you aim in the wrong place, you're going to get bad results. Yeah. And, and, and I, you know, for my freestyle, I think a couple things here is one, get feedback, like go try and get it. Like yeah. use PicFu. And if you're not using PicFu, pick up the phone. Yeah. Call people. Exactly. I have a trusted circle of peers slash advisors slash people that I will call anytime I want a straight answer. Get people like that in your life. Like I'm one, I'm that guy for so many people. Like I can't tell you how many times I have heard, well, I'm reaching out because I know you'll tell me the truth. Be straight. Yeah. Like that shouldn't in life, I don't think that should have to be a thing. Like but with that, get people around you that'll give you an honest answer. For me, when I look at giving feedback to people, sometimes the best advice that I can give you is to not do anything at all. Like, I mean, some, I, not all, not all, not all ideas are good. There right. are bad ideas there in brainstorming. You're trying to get those out of the way. Right. Yeah. So like, I don't like that phrase either. There's no bad ideas in brainstorming. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of them. We're just trying to get them out of the way. Now with that, you know, seek, seek the feedback. I think one thing that I didn't mention during the show that I would like to also put in, make it easy for people to give you feedback. That's where a platform like PickFu is going to help you out. Um, but for me, I, I just have this, you, I love test before you invest. My, one of my main things is talk. If you want help from people, the easier you make it for people to help you, the more help you're going to get. Yes. If you make it difficult, like John, if I call you and I want your info, feedback, counsel, any of that, I, it'll sound like this. Hey, John, I'd really love to get some feedback from you. I am available at any time you are. Yeah. Tell me when. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. I'm not like, hey, and, I, and I'm a big advocate yeah. of the online booking thing, obviously, yeah. with Gigabook and all that. But at the same time, like. You just tell me, I'll figure the rest out. Not like, here's my wimpy nine to three availability, uh, yeah. you know, and some of that. If you make it easy for people to help you, they will, you'll get more help. And feedback is part of that. So do that. Check out PickFu. John, I, I'm going to, I'm going to head on down. Did you have another comment? No, not at all. Okay. No. Okay. Yeah, why don't, yeah, why don't sometimes when I'm in this virtual studio, I look at folks, I'm like, I can just kind of, I can kind of sense it, but I'm going to head on down the road. I'm going to go get some feedback about what I'm doing. If you're still listening, why don't you give us some feedback? Click that fifth star and leave us a great comment. That'd be great. John, I'll catch up with you down the road. Thanks a lot, Matt. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.